Blog Talk Radio. Alice Wallace, whose song The Blue was named by Rolling Stone this week as one of the 10 songs you need to hear now. And you will, right here on Music Friday Live. California, the music capital of America. It's Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. Our guests are going to be here to talk with you, but we can't take any calls today. So you can email us. You can email questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And I want to welcome our listeners on the cyberstationusa.com network and their radio affiliates, and also on the Artistic Echoes network in England and the Canal Side Radio network in the UK, as well as everybody right here on Blog Talk Radio. Again, if you have questions or comments for our guests, email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com because we have a pre-recorded interview today. We can't take any phone calls. If you're listening to Music Friday Live on a podcast or in England or on any of the uh, stations on the East Coast that will be running us later tonight, email those questions in and we'll send them on to our guests. Speaking of guests, we have a surprise guest, Trevor Douglas. He was on the show last December, and he's back, and he's demonstrating that the things he can do with the guitar and electronic and his voice, and most importantly, his creative imagination, are amazing. A Texas native, he was a <laughs> finalist on American Idol and Dallas winner of Hard Rock Rising in 2017. He has opened for the Jonas Brothers. He's won lots of awards. He's appeared in lots of great places. He's even given a TED Talk on creativity, what makes us different. And creativity is one of the things that makes him different, along with talent. Trevor, thanks for calling in. How's it going, man? What's up? It's going really well. And one of the reasons why it's going really well is I understand you're going to be appearing in L.A. tomorrow. Tell us about that. I am. Yeah, I'm playing at Genghis Cohen at a 730. Pretty excited. It's a cool little venue. It's got good sound. It's pretty intimate. For our listeners in Los Angeles, that's, uh, you know, Genghis Cohen is over on Fairfax. Uh, and you're going to yeah. be, what time are you going to be going on stage? 730? A 7.30. And I'm playing like some new original songs that I haven't played live before. That's pretty exciting um, they're not out either yeah <laughs> okay well that's a good reason for everybody listening to me now to <laughs> us now in los angeles to be there at genghis cohen you know and you know have dinner beforehand in the uh, the chinese restaurant and then walk through the bar through the doors and into the church yeah. it's kind of a church it's got pews in it <laughs> and uh, listen to what's going to be a grazing uh, a great show well we just happen to have one of your songs to give our audience an idea of what is in store for them at the genghis cohen show so why not put a little bit of pressure I'm looking at a face I don't recognize today myself Don't know what to say Things ain't the same I felt That we lost a way The street is two ways And God And everybody Keeping to themselves I know you're sorry me to hell Is this what's real? Can you tell me what you felt? 
Cause it feels like it's over now There's just too much pressure There's just too much pressure There's just too much pressure There's just too much I never thought that this would hit me so quick and hard and that's pressure. Of course, you don't feel any pressure, do you? I mean, there's pressure about a lot of things. It's hard to continue to be, like, uh, good, if that makes any sense. Because every time you write a great song, you're like, this song is so good. Oh, shoot, now I need to do better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the current pressure I feel. And, and, and I know uh, But from I just wh- keep doing better. What's up? Yeah. Well, I know from seeing you live that that you don't seem to be under pressure when you get on stage. You're just up there having a good ah, time, and no, nah, man, and because, yeah, it's so much fun. And because you're having a good time, we're having a good time too. Now, the stop tomorrow night at Genghis Cohen. Now, that's the last stop on this tour before you go home, isn't that right? Yeah, I'm excited to go home, man. Uh, it's been a bit. I miss my family. Um, and I might not even be like gone for very long, but I'm always like, oh man, I miss my dog, I miss my mom, I miss my sister. Uh, <laughs> uh, just yeah, it's tough, man. But okay. you know, it's like it's what I love. It's what I love, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Well, well, we love it when you uh, take time to drop by LA. So um, we only have a few more minutes, but in the few more minutes we have, what you been doing since we talked to you in December? A lot of writing, man. Um, I'm really working on just trying to get some good songs because I just want to just hit the water and just cause some, uh, some stuff. Cause I, I just, I, I'm trying to make sure I have a cohesive sound, um, with my new projects. Um, so I have written like maybe 20, 30 songs. Wow. Um, and I've only picked like five, six, seven of them to be good enough, um, for anything. Um, yeah, it's just, it's nature of the game. What, what, what do you do with the songs that you don't pick? They're in a Dropbox. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> okay. I'd love it if somebody else wanted to cut them. Um, that'd be really cool. Because if I don't use them, I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them too by a day. Okay, maybe it's like, oh, right. this is a good song. A lot of times it's like, I write a good song, and then I'm like, oh, wait, this new stuff is better than my old stuff. So I should put out this new stuff, not that old stuff. Like, okay, it might even right, like well, be yeah. a month or two old. All right. Well, all those recording artists who are listening to us here, there's a supply of songs. All you have to do is get in touch with him and get his Dropbox yeah, link. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> all, right. all right. Yeah, there's, well, a, there's, a, there's a decent amount of them, dude. Well, well Trevor, w- w- we love it when you come by L.A. Uh, we love it to, uh, when you're on stage in L.A. And also we love it when you uh, drop by Music Friday Live. So thanks so much dude, for calling it's my, us. It's my pleasure. I love it. Thank you for having me, man. Trevor Douglas, and again, if you're in L.A., he's going to be at Genghis Cohen's on Fairfax tomorrow night, 7.30. Check out his album, Four in the Morning on CD Baby, SoundCloud, and all the other usual places, um, because it's really a lot of fun. Now, we have a special treat for you. Southern California singer-songwriter Alice Wallace's song, The Blue, from her latest album, Into the Blue, was just named one of the 10 songs you need to hear today by Rolling Stone magazine. She appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine with Blake Shelton. 
Not bad for a rising Southern California country western singer-songwriter. Well, it just so happens that we talked with her in January to celebrate her, and to celebrate her success, we're going to reprise that interview in which she announced the release of Into the Blue, the song that just got picked by Rolling Stone magazine, and the release was on the brand new Rebel Road label. Now, this is a pre-recorded interview, so no phone calls, but feel free to send us email for Alice or post congratulations on her Facebook page. So here is Alice Wallace's January interview announcing the album extolled in Rolling Stone this week. Alice Wallace sings about my state, California. Her notes and her lyric thing I love about this place, the beauty, the energy, the optimism, the tragedies, the challenges. And she does it with a voice that is so beautiful and so authentic, I almost cry when I listen to her. Whether she's singing about the Santa Ana winds or Echo Canyon or riding a motorcycle on the Redwood Mountain Road, her unique combination of blues and rock and country and Californiana grabs my gut and it takes me through my childhood. No wonder she is a four-time winner of the L.A. Music Critic Award and the 2017 California Country Female Vocalist of the Year. Her new album, Into the Blue, on the Rebel Road label, which I heard last night at at a live release show at a packed house at the No Name in Los Angeles, that new album, I think, revitalizes and sets a new standard for country music. So we are so happy and we are so proud to welcome her to Music Friday Live. Alice, welcome and thank you for being with us this morning after what I suspect was a late night last night. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Who needs sleep? It's, it's the day my record comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, we have so many things to talk about, including that. Last night's release party, Rebel Road, your concert schedule. But first, I'd like to ask you about the album, Into the Blue. Ten songs each one a perfectly crafted masterpiece. How many songs did you have to go through to get to these 10? You know, to be honest, um, there were only a few songs we didn't end up using for the album. You know, like I, I really feel like in the last few years when I do write songs, I spend a lot of time with them. And so when we sat down to record and I presented these songs, it just kind of all felt right. We didn't really feel like we needed to dig deeper into, you know, the catalog of things that I had written. And it just, they, they, even though I didn't write them with a certain theme in mind, of course, at the end of the day, they ended up mostly being about California and the Southwest and sort of my experiences out here. And they just, it, it felt very cohesive, sort of just naturally, really. Well, it, it feels that way to me too, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. As I said in the introduction, um, you blend many elements into your California country. And and for my East Coast and my British listeners, um, California country actually has a long history. Not all country Western music comes from uh, Nashville. Um, It goes back to to Rose Maddox and her fiddle in the 40s and Gene Autry and the Singing Cowboys of Hollywood, the Bakersfield sound. And some would actually argue that Mexican banda and frontera music, which was played for farm workers up and down the valley in the 20s and 30s, is part of the California country history. So it goes back a ways. Now, yeah. I know that, that you were self-taught. Did those California musical elements inhabit your world and your mind as you were growing up? You know, actually, yes, even though I actually grew up in Florida, but I was born in in California, in Los Angeles. My mom grew up in L.A., 
and she and my dad met out here. And, um, you know, growing up, even though I was in like this little, you know, rural town in Florida, they, their influence brought California to where I was, you know, I grew up on Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris and a lot of the, you know, the Linda Ronstadt and, and a lot of the Laurel Canyon kind of sounds. And so, yeah, I, I really grew up on a lot of California music from an, from an early age. Okay. Although I don't hear any, any surfing tunes in, in, in your, uh, your repertoire, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> to, yeah, not uh, as much. Although I will say one of the first CDs I ever bought when I was young was a Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, let's listen. Let, let's listen to um, uh, 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 give our audience a sample of the new album. Uh, this is Blue. Could be waiting for you. You're only scared of the things you can't see. The most beautiful you only see in your. That was the blue by Alice Wallace, and and that's one of the songs that makes me cry. Uh, the lyrics in there: a blank page waiting for a line, a metronome just marking time, and now you stand right at the edge of where you'll go, and where you've been. That's my state. You captured it in four <laughs> poetic lines. How do you do that? Where does that poetry come from? You know, sometimes I'm not even exactly sure. You know, I wrote that song on a New Year's Eve, kind of just really thinking about more about like this decision I made, you know, about six years ago to just quit my job and, and start touring full time and go after this dream I've had of, of playing music. And, you know, I think just being here in California, it just naturally sort of conjures these ocean images. And it just kind of that's what I latched on to when I was writing the song. Wow. Well, it, it latches on to me, right? That, that's, uh, that's what we call uh, put it on repeat. Um, you know, there, there's, there's another song um, on the album um, about a different aspect of California, a, a part we all live with and we all fear. And uh, I want to play it. This is Santa Ana Wind. There's a wicked orange glow While the neighbors gray with the garden hose You heard they couldn't save the horses So they had to let them go While the Santa Ana just below The newsman, he keeps talking Like he thinks that you don't know Home. And it's getting out and on your way 
helicopters leaving, turning eddies in the smoke, and it's hot and dry and black, and it's hanging in your throat. The flames that lick your neighborhood eat you out of house and home while the Santa Ana winds just blow. Now, I fought fires in the Hollywood Hills when I was in high school. Mostly I cleaned up after them, but, you know, you never forget it. The smell, the charred mm-hmm. walls, the pieces of people's lives crunching under your, your shoes. Your lyrics capture that. Have you been through a Santa Ana-driven fire? You know, not personally. It, uh, I actually live in North Orange County, and I think the closest fire we've had to our actual home is, you know, it was, it, you know, it was a good still 10 miles away. It didn't feel too threatening, but but a lot of people I know have. You know, I've had friends who have lost homes, and, you know, when we actually just released the music video for this song today um, on Paste Magazine, and we filmed the video up in Malibu at this uh, property that has a, uh, it has a studio on it. We recorded part of the album at this beautiful studio, but when the fires came through through Malibu, they basically they completely destroyed the house on the property. Just everything is just blackened, and we just wandered around. And you know, it, it is just a very sobering thing, and something we've been dealing with here in California, especially. You know, uh, it's just been so bad these last few years. It's always been, a, you know, a recurring thing here in California, but these last few years have just absolutely devastated California. And uh, I wrote this song with my friend Andrew Delaney, who lives in Texas, and we actually wrote it last winter when uh, it was mostly around the Thomas Fire that really just destroyed Ventura and San Barbara counties last year. And we were just watching this, and we just started talking about it, and this song came out of that. And, of course, now this year the fires have been even worse, and it's still just something that's very much on the forefront of all of our minds out here. Absolutely. Um, And like I say, you captured it well. Um, Then during the Woolsey Fire, right after the Woolsey Fire, um, I interviewed uh, studio owners who lost everything uh, both in Northern California and here in Southern California too. And it was very devastating because in addition to losing their studios, they lost, many of them lost all their musical instruments and their way of making a living. So I, uh, when, when I heard you sing that song uh, last night and also when I listened to it, uh, um, it hit home and uh, Mm -hmm. you, you you really hit home. Uh, let me remind our audience that we're talking with Alice Wallace, and you can uh, why don't you email because we already got some emails in, and uh, so why don't we just e- why don't you email us in if you have questions, and why don't we go to the emails here, Alice? Um, sure. Beamer in L.A. <laughs> says, I-, I read that you do 200 shows a year. D- do you live in a van? <laughs> well, you know, and that was a. Uh... A couple years ago, I got real close to 200 shows. This past year has been a little slower just because we've been recording the, the album and, like, getting it all ready to go. Um, and I don't live in a van, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> it feels like I do when yeah, when those tours are going. But you know what? I, I love being on the road. I love, you know, getting up in the morning, driving for however many hours, getting out of the car and playing music for people and going to sleep and doing the same thing again. Like, it's 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 funny how you just get in this zone where just like the music is your whole life for that time period. And I, and I love it. It took some time getting used to it. I didn't see myself living this kind of transient life, 
but it just it it's what you have to do when you when you want to play music and um I've really grown to love it. Well, you know, I could really see that last night on stage. You just kind of radiated happiness throughout that room. So I could this this obviously is not a job for you. It's a lot more than that, right? No, um, yeah. I mean, last night was just beautiful. Yeah, that's where I am the happiest when I get to play for an audience like that. Incidentally, the uh, woman who plays violin with you, she's remarkable. Who is that? Her name is Caitlin Wolfberg. And, yeah, she's fantastic. And she did all of the string arrangements on the album. So she not only played the violin parts, but she arranged a four-part string or, you know, four-piece string part where she played two violins and a viola and then brought in a cello player. And, I mean, the the string you know arrangements on the album are just gorgeous. So I'm really happy wow. that she was part of the project and, and she wants to be involved as much as possible. I, I have a lot of just, yeah, really amazing people who believe in this music and want to be a part of it, and I feel really lucky. Yeah, your guitar player is pretty amazing, too, to say the least. Yeah, um, and he's only done a few shows with us, and, and he's he's doing so well. And yeah, yeah, it was a great band last night. It felt really great to be playing music with them. And the other thing that impressed me is um, your, your violin player um, had a pedal box the size of a small car, and I haven't seen that before <laughs> with an electric violin. Right. Okay. I know she does some really great things with getting that the tone just right on that violin. And, she, and you can see how she does it. She's got the, all the equipment there. Um, yeah. Sophia, in, uh, Sophia in San Diego wants to know if you're ever going to be playing in San Diego. Well, that's a good question because we actually just confirmed that we're going to be doing our uh, San Diego album release on February 21st down at the Belly Up in Solana Beach. So that's okay. going to be and it's the, the first time I'm playing that venue. It's a great room, and so we're really looking forward to it. So February 21st, for anybody in San Diego, come on okay. out. Okay. So, Sophia, you need to be there because it's your fault. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, <laughs> Remy, 42, in uh, New York City. I'd love to see you at the Rockwood. Um, you know, there's a, a country western community here and in Jersey. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and that's funny because I was just looking at emails this morning. We're planning a Northeast tour in May, and we're just starting to talk about Rockwood is probably the place we're going we're gonna to set up a show. So definitely, you know, on my website, alicewallacemusic.com, like we're going to keep all the tour dates listed because I want to try to get basically everywhere this year if I can. So we're really okay. working hard to, to plan some tours. All right, Alice Wallace, everywhere. Right? Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. You know, you, you released this album on the new record label, uh, Rebel Road, which was only started last March uh, by three women. And I, I, I think your album is actually their debut release. Um, mm-hmm. How did you and Rebel Road get together? Well, it was really through my producer, KP Hawthorne, who um, is one of the founding members of Rebel Road. And she and I have worked together for a few years. She produced my last album a few years back, and then she produced this one. And so um, when she started working with Rebel Road, you know, I was looking at what they were doing, and it looked amazing. And so we just kind of all started chatting. You know, we knew this album needed to come out, and I was looking at various ways of releasing it. And so we just decided to all get together and put it out. And it's been amazing working with them because, you know, the th- three women, it's KP and then um, Adrian Isom and Karen McHugh. And each of these, each of these ladies has just great skill sets in various places. And so they've 
they've helped me so much in, in getting this album out and, and really making this release something, you know, to talk about. So, Well, I had an opportunity to talk with, uh, with one of them, Adrienne, last night, and actually we're going to book them on the show and, uh, because I think it's a wonderful um, um, endeavor that they've kicked off there, and I, I want to see it have every success. Um, now, you know, speaking of Absolutely. success, um, you've also been mentioned uh, in Saving Country Music. Um, what is the state of country music in your eyes today? Yeah, I know. It's um, it's an interesting thing because there's some amazing country music being made right now, but most of it's not being played on the radio. You know, so I, I feel like that's where we're, the, the disconnect is. You know, luckily now with 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 the internet and streaming and everything, people can still find the music they want to listen to, but really just like country radio is kind of this, this machine of very similar music, mostly male artists. Yes. Um, it's very rare. I think, you know, I think the, the statistic is maybe one female artist per hour at the most, you know, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely mind boggling how little they play women on country radio and just, in general, the, the music they're playing. And so um, I am hoping there's going to be a shift. You know, there's, there's people like Jason Isbell and, and some of these people who are, who are getting some inroads. Um, you know, I mean, even Casey Musgraves, she's winning Grammys and she's winning yeah. CMA awards, but they're still not playing her on the radio either. And yeah. so I feel like for the, for the general public, they don't really hear the music. And so, you know, I'm, it, it is a, dis, it, a disheartening thing in in ways, but we just have to keep making good music and keep getting it out there. And I I feel like if we get enough audiences behind it, country radio is going to have to listen and start to change their format. I I certainly hope so, and I I think we're going to be seeing some of those women on stage at the She Rocks Awards at NAM uh, next week. Um, well, mm, speaking of. Yeah. Men and, and women, you've got a, a song on the album that's not about California, but it's um, it does speak to the state of women, not just in music, but in life. Um, this is Elephants. Walk with a purpose through the parking lot. Keys in your knuckles because you ain't got a Remembering when your daddy taught you that Boys will be boys, gotta watch your back Sitting there drinking at the bar alone Sharks come circle, wanna take you home You better not play coy, better not be me Cause boys will be boys and they are fragile they got names for the ones who talk back and the ones who wear those clothes. They got names for the ones who say yeah, the ones who say no. Walk with a purpose through the parking lot. Keys tween your knuckles because you ain't got claws. Remembering what your daddy taught you, that boys will be boys, you got to watch your back. Now, I've always understood that women have to be wary in the company of men, but, but you know, that really brings it home. Uh, once again, you've managed to capture libraries full of research in four powerful lines. 
Um, were those hard lessons that you've learned personally? Well, they certainly are, although I have to preface it with the fact that this is the one song in the album that I actually didn't write. Um, okay. And but it, it was written by Andrew Delaney, who I have co-written, like we co-wrote Santa Ana Wins. Um, and, uh, and this is his song though. And, but it's, it's amazingly wow. personal too. The first time I heard him sing this song, I was, I felt like I had written it, you know, and it, it just, it hit everything perfectly. And, and, you know, and he basically just says, you know, I've been listening to women in my life tell me these things my whole life, you know, and he just, he put it down in a song. And I, so I asked him if I could record it because I just felt like it was so powerful and so important to hear a song with that kind of message, you know, and it happened to be, you know, like in the last year, obviously we're talking about the Me Too movement and all these things, but I mean, he wrote this song three years ago, you know, when it was still relevant, but just, we weren't talking about it yet. And I'm glad we are talking about it now. So that's amazing. um, So yeah. Wow. That is really amazing. Uh, uh, I've had women tell me those things for most of my life too, but uh, the fact that he could condense it, distill it down into such powerful words and that you were able to deliver them so powerfully. It's um, inspiring. Um, And speaking of that um, and, and our prior conversation on women in country music, uh, which sounds like uh, still mice surrounded by elephants um, over the past year, we went back and we analyzed last year's uh, guest and we found that about 61% of our guests were women. And uh, the reason is that because I I see, you know, 200 or more bands and singers every year. There are so many incredibly talented women who are out there singing, they're leading bands, they're fronting bands, they are the bands. Um, In your experience, what happens to them when the award shows are booked and the festival lineups are finalized and and the radio bookings are signed? Uh, These hugely talented women that I interview and review – don't seem to be there. Where do they go? You know, that's a very good question. And I, I, it, it, I'm not exactly sure the answer, you know, that um, there's just something in, in the, uh, the atmosphere in the music industry where they get discredited somewhere along the way. And, you know, when it comes to like festival bookings, like you hear, you know, these, these promoters saying that men draw better to festivals and that's why they book more of them. But it's, you know, I'm not sure where they, where they're getting these numbers. And, you know, so there, there is a movement, you know, now that like, I'm just happy that we're talking about it, you know, because it's something that's been there for so long and it's just a matter of making people hear that it's not okay, you know, to just keep discounting women and, and excluding them from these, higher level things, you know, the, yeah, the awards and the festivals and, and the radio airplay. And it, it's just like a, it's a culture we have to, to start shifting. And of course um, you, you have to endure that culture yourself. And I agree with you. I, I'm not sure where they're getting that data uh, at NAM last year. I was talking to the people in the, uh, uh, the Fender guitar showcase. And he said, you know, half of our guitars are now bought by women that the guitar hero is on his way out. <laughs> and I'm thinking, right. you know, if, if that's the case, 
we need to hear more women on the radio because they've got to be drawing. And uh, yeah. I know in the, the clubs here and the, you know, the capital of music in the United States, as I look at the lineups in the clubs, women kind of dominate and you go right. to the audience, you look at the audiences. Cause I'm, you know, I'm out two or three or four nights a week at clubs and those audiences are probably 60% female. So I don't know where they're getting their data. Anyway, I know. <clears throat> yeah. And start proving uh, them wrong and getting well, chances. But yeah, we're, we're doing our part but here. We're talking about it now. Yes. No, I definitely um, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're almost out of time, but I, I I have room for one more song, and this is a song that did make me cry. Um, this is uh, Desert Rose. Well, she was born at the wrong time, on the wrong side of the line. But she never let it do her any harm Tough but sweet Quick on her feet She talked her way through waters on her shore But with a look at my kiss And even more charming a young man won her over at first sight They said so very close He called her desert rope And held her ever close through She carved a wooden rose for the baby's name she chose. She swore her child would never share her fate. You never find a love like mine. You'll always be safe with me. They found her lying on the floor. That song just leaves me speechless, uh, especially today. Um, is that a true story? Well, it started from a true story that I heard. Um, you know, I, I travel through Texas a lot. There's a lot of great music in Texas. So I take my band there frequently a couple times a year. And um, we started going to El Paso to play this concert series there. And um, so we, uh, I heard this story from a friend of mine who's a, a firefighter and an EMT there one night. He was just saying that, you know, they had gotten a call that week to help this woman who had come across the border in the night and she'd had her baby on the floor of a gas station bathroom. And, you know, to him, it was like this, somewhat normal occurrence because living in El Paso, you were right on the border. I mean, basically yeah. El Paso and Juarez are just separated by I-10, you know, they are, they are yeah. neighbors. And so the, you know, this story that I heard, it just floored me to him. It was just like a casual, Oh, this was a, a story this week. And to me, it was like, what kind of situation would this woman have to be in where that was a better option than what yeah. she had back home. And it was just, yeah, it just really stuck with me. And I just decided to try to write a song like telling what her story could have been. To me, it's the most powerful song in the album. And um, I, I, I don't, there's, you know, it leaves me speechless, which is not easy to do for somebody who's on the radio for a living. Unfortunately, we are out of time. And um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to thank you for this, for, for this music. 
Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for listening. I mean, that's it wouldn't be anywhere if, if people don't listen to it. So I'm so thrilled that the album is out today, and I can finally share these songs with everybody. And where do people go to get it? Well, if you just go to alicewallacemusic.com, there's links where, yeah, you can download on all the major – it is on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on Amazon – all the major, you know, outlets. And, um, yeah, so I hope as many people as possible will go out there and listen today. It's finally, it's finally out. Yay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's Alice Wallace. The new album is Into the Blue. It's on the Rebel Road label. You can stream it on Spotify, buy it on Google Play, Amazon, iTunes. Go to her website. That's probably the best place. Follow her also at the website, alicewallacemusic.com. And that was our interview with Alice Wallace on the day she released the, uh, the, the, the album with the song in it that was uh, called by Rolling Stone this week as one of the 10 songs that you need to hear. And we're really glad we, uh, we talked with her, and we're really glad we were able to give you a, a second opportunity to hear that interview. Well, we're almost out of time. Actually, we are out of time. So let me just remind you all that we, uh, you have been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan. That's me from Cyber Station USA, the blogtalkradio.com network, and all of our radio affiliates, and also the Artistic Echoes uh, network in England. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and we'll give you some real-time updates on our guests and you know other little tidbits, too. You might also, if... Um, you want to get a little peek into the the backside or the downside or the upside or the the quiet side of the LA music scene uh, read my column la la land which is published every week uh, on indie uh, uh Pulse Music and uh, Charlotte Six, uh, Shutter 16 in Charlotte and also uh, Artist Echoes. And we give you a little vignettes of behind-the-scenes things in L.A. music that you wouldn't ordinarily uh, know about. You know, stories about like how I interviewed a uh, an Argentine um, trio in their bikinis in a uh, swimming pool in Beverly Hills <laughs> while they were shooting an underwater vi- uh, music video. You know, little stories like that. Uh, in any case, if uh, you want to uh, to listen to our podcast, you can download it uh, at uh, iTunes or you can uh, download it at Blog Talk Radio. So let me say thanks to our, our uh, producer, Lars Christensen, and our program director, Jason Bartlebin. And like I said, you can download this and other Music Friday programs at Blog Talk Radio and uh, uh, on iTunes. Tune in next week. Next week, we're going to have Tanya Asili. This is going to be a lot of fun and very interesting. So check our Twitter stream and get all the details on Tanya. And also our Facebook page. We'll keep you uh, updated and add little things here and there. And in the meantime, have a great musical weekend.